Uh, would you go to Romans chapter 8 really quick? And I just want to say something to you personally. And we're going to just pace our way through this here. Um, Romans chapter uh, 8. Yeah. Love this passage is uh, Paul's making his uh, great, glorious argument of the gospel and packing it. And he hits really the pike's peak of this thing in 8. Um, after the, the doo-doo chapter, you know, I don't want to do, I don't do what I want to do, blah, 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 that stuff and the helplessness of what it is that happens, you know, flesh. Then he'll say there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, by the way, that Greek word is powerlessness. That means you're not without power. You're not in this wretched, helpless place that you can't fulfill what the Lord has done. It really means uh, not just that he's mad, not mad at you, it's that he's not left you powerless. And so for the law, this reason, the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. And he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us. And here's the deal, and it's going to be said over and over. Who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those, watch, who live according to the flesh, this is the thing about them. This is what can always be said. Because the flesh, this is the thing about them. They have set their minds on the things of the flesh. That's always the key, guys. This issue of the mind is such a big deal. For those who live according to the spirit, they're actually walking that, pulling that off, doing that. They're setting their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is in hostility to God, for it does not submit to God's law, indeed it cannot. For those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So I just want to make this point, just under, as we're looking for the leadership of the spirit, this is what I'm a high advocate for. Yes, I want all the fruits. Yes, I want all the gifts because I'm a Bible guy. I want everything the Holy Spirit does, but I think that's the secondary issue. The controversy we think is about what he does, and we find out, I think it's about who he is. I think the biggest controversy in the body of Christ is about the lordship of the Holy Spirit. His primacy, his leadership over everything we do, we preach to him, our sensitivity, that's why we want prayer. I'm not into prayer for prayer's sake. I'm into prayer because prayer makes you more vulnerable to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Prayer is a culture within which the Holy Spirit has a vision where you're, you're tender, you're speaking to the Lord. Okay? It's not a righteous activity or one of the things we do. Why does Jesus want a house of prayer? He wants a house of prayer because it's a house whose heart is turned toward him, not turned toward religious activities or even compromise, which is what they were doing there by selling religion getting rich and miss the word totally. But listen, the government of the Holy Spirit is one of the things we need to labor for and pray for. It starts with us individually. And how we have his leadership in our life is by our minds being set upon him. And so that's the big deal. So right now you're being conscious. Some of you mostly are listening to me. Some, I get it. I'm ADD. You might be thinking about where you're going or grabbing a burger later. I get it. But you're being conscious right now primarily with your minds. Your minds are being set on, you know, in some measure, a guy up here with a microphone and a checkered shirt. And when you do that, you're now exposing 
your conscious life, your heart and emotions to uh, to what's happening up here. We hope it's from the Holy Spirit. But the whole key of you walking in the Spirit, okay, it's not the manifestation of a certain kind of gift, it's your mindset. Your mind being set and governed, you taking control uh, and authority over your mind. It's been said before, it's really tough to control what you feel. You, your feelings are going to be all over the place. It actually takes some maturity, I think, to realize, oh man, my emotion, when I'm down, that has a shelf life. I'm probably going to feel up later. When I'm up, I'm probably coming down later. My emotions are fluid like that, you know? And they really will follow the, follow the government of what we do with our mind. Your mind is the battlefield. Like, I didn't invent that phrase. I stole it. But your mind is the deal. And listen, here's the deal. You, you have the authority to set your mind. You really do. You choose when poked by criticism whether to meditate on revenge. Listen, you choose when your conscious life or your eye gate sees something lustful, sees something immoral. You get to choose right then. What are you going to do with that deal? That thing has no power in you just because it came and hits you, okay? That thought, that vision, that whatever. It's what you do with your mind. Your mind is the battlefield. This is, this is, our minds are like, we're so, so just like motivated in this entertainment, you know what I mean? Phone, whatever culture. And by the way, I, I love, I love phones. When guys say that, I'm like, I love that we have these. But I'm telling you, it's increased our, um, vulnerability to manipulation to every stimuli. Stimuli went to another level. Good, bad, ugly, either way, this is what's happened here. And so then our thinking and feeling, that's what makes you a conscious person, right? You got a thinker and you got a feeler. And your feet, both of them are broken. Both of them are broken. But one, you can have government over. That's what this is saying right here. You have the ability now in Christ to bring thoughts down. To say, no, I'm not meditating on that. That's what happens so much in our vulnerability. Ooh, that vision came, that sight came, those words came, and then I begin to meditate. That's why like I do say, be careful what you watch. Be careful what you let in your eye and your mind, because it's more than just a story. <laughs> it's, it's actually seeds. The most powerful thing on planet Earth are words. And when words come through pictures, our language and enter into the human being, our mind begins to meditate it, and when we meditate it, we begin to manifest it. You do know that law, right? So you will become what you think. You'll begin, your feelings will follow that, actually. And so Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, in the midst of his gospel, is saying this, those who are led by the Spirit, here's the key to them. Not a manifestation of the Spirit, not a whatever character, it's really they have their mindset. They're learning how to set their minds to, to remove, to give diligence to your thinking. What you think about, that's what you'll become. What's your thought like, that's what you'll begin to feel, it'll begin to create your emotional culture. And so I just want to say to you with clarity, the power of the gospel sets you free from being a slave to responding to every word that comes and every picture that comes. You're no longer a slave to that. The world is. It says the God of this age has blinded. Does anybody remember this verse? Second Corinthians 4.4. The God, little g, of this age has blinded the hearts, emotions. What does it say? 
the minds. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they don't see the glory. It's the mind that's being attacked by the devil. You think it's your sexual appetite or your greedy whatever. That's secondary. I'm telling you what's first secondary is the attack on your mind. It's a war. It's a war zone. It's happening right now. So what I'm doing right now is I'm, I'm appealing to your mind. I'm speaking to your mind. And I'm appealing to you to set it on Christ. When we talk about prayer, the Bible, right now, I'm doing the Word of God. I'm hopefully saying truth. That's the power of preaching. Why we do want preaching. We don't only want preaching, but preaching has the power to shift the perception and the meditative uh, culture inside us that can bring that transformation. And so I wanted to say to you, some of you are having thoughts of depression, anxiety, uh, you're having immoral thoughts that come. Sometimes you're not even trying, you're sleeping at night, wake up from the dream, and your own imagination protects you. All I'm saying to you is this, you're never going to get free by complaining that that's going on. The only freedom is going to be that you biblically begin to believe, I have authority to put that thought down. That you have authority to take thoughts captive, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Paul will describe his whole ministry in this context. We're not fighting war like the world fights war. I'm not doing that. Other ministry, other trades are doing that. We, we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. So your predilection for whatever it be in your family line or your personality, um, you can actually retrain all that. And I'm not just trying to talk about the power of positive thinking. I'm talking about the power of the Word of God and you having the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2.20. And you have now authority. So I just want to point out to you, I'm led to point out to you, set your mind. Set your mind on the things of the Spirit. What are the things of the Spirit, Sam? It's everything connected to Christ. All the glories of who he is and what God gave to us in Christ. Take the near 200 in Christ verses and meditate on them. In Christ and how he's everything for us and he's our righteousness and always. And I've said this before, sorry for repeating, but I know somebody's progressing in sanctification. Listen, when they're starting to talk more about who God is and less about who they're not. Now, I, I love the humility. I'm not that. I fail. I whatever. I get it. Do that. Confess it and get off of it. Because you keep talking about all you're not. That means out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. It means that's what you're meditating on your heart. That's what people are meditating on shame. They're meditating on criticism of other believers. They're just constantly meditating, and then criticism comes out of their mouth or gossip or whatever. So I'm pleading with you to take off captive the thoughts, to set your goal in your heart for I want a mind set on the things of the Spirit. And I'm going to inject the word in and be in fellowship that helps me do that. So let me, let me go down here real quick. Verse 9, you, however, are not in the flesh, but the Spirit, but in fact, in fact, that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. That's just flat out the deal. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit of life, uh, it, spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. A promise of resurrection. Jump down with me. I'm going to read verse 14. And I'll be done with this part. 
For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Look at verse 14. The, the primary mark of sonship in the body of Christ is the leadership of the Holy Spirit. This is the big bottom thing to me. Is we want to see the Spirit's sonship so that we met the whole earth is groaning, Romans 8 is going to say later, for the sons of God to be revealed. Who are they? Men and women, by the way. They are people who are walking under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And again, I love the fruits. I love the gifts. I love the missions. Yes! All those outraging things of the Spirit. But the leadership of the Spirit is the big deal. How do you train? This is the primary training for a disciple. Is how they respond to the checks of the Spirit, the promptings of the Spirit, the, the movement of the Spirit. I think the, the Spirit of God wants to lead you in the Word of God. Um, I want to say this. I, I hope this is. We, we, were, we were talking with somebody. They were talking about a co op, and they're going to join it. They're from a really, really conservative group. I don't want to ever speak negative about I'm Really, we want to be positive about the body of Christ. But they were freaking out that we believed in prophecy a little bit, you know, and that we believed in speaking words in the culture of the co op that we're speaking were inspired words that we trained to speak according to the Bible, but that's what you know how to do this. And they were like, are you saying that you think the Spirit of God is more important than the Word of God? That's what was said to me. Do you know what my answer to that? There's a question, and they said, let me rephrase it. Which is most important, the Word of God and the Spirit of God? Well, they go together, first of all, but I'll say this, one is God and one is spoke out from God. And so I know which one's greatest. The Spirit of God is the greatest. He's the one who wrote this book. And this book is the one who points me toward him. Jesus didn't say, wait in Jerusalem until I clothe you with a book. And we're Bible people. He said, wait until I clothe you with the Holy Spirit. It's this neglect that's a problem. And again, I'm not talking about gifts. It's not just so bummer people think we're trying to talk charismatic. I'm like, I want third person of Yahweh, the great gift of salvation, the one who Jesus said, is for your good I go away. I want his primacy in the body of Christ. When he's ruling and he's reigning, you and I get free of sin, we love people better, and we go on mission with his power. That's what I want to see. It's a supernatural life, this Christian life. And it takes the Holy Spirit. So the illiteracy around the person, the presence of the Spirit is, uh, is something we want to comment. So, sons of God are led. I hope you'll make a primary goal again and again and again and again. Teach me, Father, about the leadership of your Holy Spirit in my life. What is it like to be led by you in every decision, every relationship? What I put in my body, what I put in my body, what's your leadership look like? Ask him, he wants to talk to you about this. And then know this, it has a ton to do with what you do with your thinker, what you do with your mind. So may the Lord sanctify our minds and really do a deep work there. So Father, I pray in Jesus' name, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you would, Lord God, rescue us from manipulated minds, from minds that are just like stimulus response, stimulus response, whatever comes at us that we're just responding. I pray we transcend that kind of living, that we'd be a people whose minds are set on Christ, set on the Word of God, are sensitive in our hearts to your leadership, Holy Spirit, loving people who don't love us, doing the hard stuff in the Daily, just doing the disciplines by the leadership of your spirit. I pray. Help us to know your leadership in our marriages. How do we love each other? In parenting, 
Lord, in these basic ideas, basic deals of relationship, I just pray, Holy Spirit, I pray for a fresh reintroduction of yourself. Baptize us so fresh in you. May we know, know your leadership in a deep way. In Jesus' name. I always just ask this one more thing. Lord, I pray for you breaking a, a season of strongholds tumbling down. Predilections to thinking patterns that are opposite Christ. Bring down strongholds in Jesus' name. Pray your word would come like a hammer and crush these, these the patterns, these Jericho walls of thinking that are so opposite you. Lord, set us free. Start with me. Let us think like you think, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.